I am Jeff Hitkin, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Skylar Hunt. This is Meet the Sockers, and this is the podcast where we make the sound it's, at the top of the episode. If you're not watching on the the Twitch feed right now, what you're not seeing, what you, what you could be getting if you subscribe to our free Patreon, is Jeff is on the left, and I'm on the right. It's strange. Yeah. It feels like we're fighting or something. Do you feel more inclined to like make a really bad pun? And do I feel more responsible? <laughs> uh, you always feel responsible, and I always feel inclined to make bad puns. So, yeah, probably. Okay. Well, all right. So there's no Freaky Friday happening, but Jeff and I are on opposite sides of the screen. We'll see. Maybe this is the new format. Maybe, maybe our fans will be Ooh. into this. Could be. Could be. What do you think, fans? uh i don't know who that was uh felt like a kid uh we should or i should we should start off by apologizing if you listened to that last episode of meet the soccer and you're back for more (laughs) you've already made it to the end of your podcasting queue you've run out you need to see a therapist because you are abusing yourself because in that last episode uh we did it live we did it live in London, which always feels exciting. And uh, what happened, Jeff? <laughs> it got echoey. I don't know. It It's one of those things where uh, this is now our second podcasting recording thing, and it seems to be a second problematic software for us. But maybe it's one of those things where if every roommate of yours is an asshole then you're the asshole so maybe we're i don't know maybe we're fucking it up i'm not sure who's to blame but we did uh, we do apologize for the audio well but you know what i think that i think that i think that you were not treated very fairly i mean obviously you made some mistakes but i believe that your mom should go on instagram and defend you for those audio mistakes because you're a world-class podcaster and if people don't appreciate you then god damn it they can What's funny is I feel like I feel like you're referencing someone in like football, but there's a number of people you could be referencing whose mothers have defended them in recent days. Really? How many? I, I was I was specifically referencing McGuire because I thought Oh, okay. His was the most egregious of like his mom being like, That wasn't nice the way those boys cheered at that game. Um Leave Brittany was, alone. It brought up a weird thing because I have kids and I always think like, well, if and I'm sure that I will have a strong opinion if and when there's controversy surrounding one of my children, but there is a certain logic to just like, all right, is there anything that Harry Maguire's mom can say on Instagram that's going to make this situation better for Harry Maguire on Instagram or in reality? It it's it's interesting. I think about that all the time. What would happen if I if I committed some atrocity? Uh, like, would would my friends be like, no, that's not Skylar, or would they be like, we had our suspicions. <laughs> uh, that sounds, uh, that almost sounds like you're referencing Russell Brand, but I don't want to get off, way off topic. So there's Russell Brand. I also thought maybe you were alluding to, and I'm going to butcher his name, but is it Ruby Alice, the Spanish National Federation oh, president? Who, this is the kisser, right? This is the this is the guy who kissed uh was it Jenny Hermoso? Is that her name? I would believe that. I can't tell you if that's true. 
Here at Meet the Soccer, as we tell you everything we believe, uh, and nothing more, nothing less. The podcast where you Google it yourself. <laughs> but but I so that guy had like double and tripled down on like no, she wanted it, and then Which Jenny Hermoso like an amazing like what what a response like there's so many other things he could have said that are not quite as hardcore as that you know it, it's like bro she's suing you she did not want it yeah. <laughs> I'd like, order. I mean, go ahead. I mean, I even wonder, like, if, if he had just said at some point, like, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. It was a crazy moment. You know, I was overcome. I behaved inappropriately. I, it, it was it was a mistake, and I'm I'm very sorry about that. And I hope that I didn't take anything away from this amazing athlete. Yada yada yada. There, I feel like I don't know. Well, actually, I don't know. Let's get let's war game this out. If he had said all that, do you think he keeps his job? Yeah. I think he might. I think he would have a chance. In Spain? Right? It's like, like, it is a weird thing when sports go co-ed because people do strangely sexual stuff on sports teams all the time, even at like a very low level. You know, Paul like, Scholes and Ryan uh, Giggs. I know, sorry. Paul Scholes and Gary Neville made out after like winning, I want to say the Champions League. But like there's a picture of them just full on wow. making out. And like... Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, I, I'm supporting that point that there are crazy moments of just like, oh, your whole life is boiled to this. A lot of emotion. It's it's the behaving like a, a shithead afterwards that's the reason that he's gonna probably has, has he been relieved yet of his duty? I want to say that he's gone now. It's been wait, it's been so a lot of time. Any of these people like Russell Brand or that have have they also had their mothers go on Instagram to defend them because. That would be amazing if she was like, as you can see, my son, very handsome. Like, I don't know what accent that was. But. She'd be like, any of these young ladies would be lucky to end up with my with my with boy. My 60-year-old <laughs> soccer executive. Oh, it's so gross. It's so gross. I'm just, everything is gross right now. Everything is gross right now. Truer words, my friend. Truer words have never been said. So let's start with uh, what's gross in United United stuff. Uh, so we had that uh, long international break after Jeff's team Arsenal uh, stole a win from my gang of unlikable shitheads, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, that I've I've had to sit with that for a few weeks. There was an international break. We got to see. Uh, Fullerin Balligan scoring a goal. It was a yes, nice goal. He, and we, he scored a goal for club and country in the last yes, week. He has. Uh, he's he he's well. uh, he's looking like a pretty good ass player. He looks good, which is pretty amazing. And really, I I feel like we've covered this, but maybe only in passing. That transfer worked out about as well as it possibly could have. Because for a minute there, it looked like. Chelsea or Tottenham even were like more likely than him going out of the country. And I'm just so glad that he's ended up in some other country where he still gets to play at a very high level and he will keep his boots sharp. I imagine. Is that what you want for? I want them to be soft. I want them to be soft and flat. He will keep his boots boots sharp on one side, but soft and flat on the other. They'll be like pampered chef made boots. (laughs) That he can utilize for the U.S. national team to make cooking more convenient. You've heard um, of finger food. <laughs> um, so, but, but, 
But we did get to see see the United States pick on some very bad national teams over the international break, and Harry Maguire score a beautiful goal for England. Uh, it was a goal, right? He didn't just pass the ball to someone who poked it in. It was, I thought it was an own goal. Yeah, it was an own goal, I believe. Um, um, yeah, so that so Harry uh, reminded us uh, of why my spirits are low, and then. We've got uh, first Premier League action in, in a while. Uh, Manchester United at home against Brighton, who has beaten us, had beaten us three times in a row. <laughs> I, I mean, because you seem to be pretty down on United right now, and I don't want to steal your thunder on that. But on some level, are, are there two pills being offered to you here? And one of those pills is be down on the fact that you're losing to Brighton again. And the other pill is admit that Brighton is real good now. Like, None of those any... make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a little part of me that thinks, I don't know. Is it crazy to think that they would get top four this year? That's not crazy. But this isn't Meet the Soccer. It's a podcast where Jeff's excited about Arsenal and Skyler's excited about whoever's successful true but so I so do, i'm bummed out <laughs> but i don't know i i was and this was at old trafford or this was at, at old trafford and danny welbeck opened up the scoring mm. he's a guy that i literally for a little while i kind of thought he was retired like when he moved to brighton and the fact that he's like still having like a decent career is just so strange to me he's still having a decent career in his mid-30s um Brighton had just lost their entire starting midfield to all of the other teams that were acting yeah. like vultures. And Brighton, what do they do? They we got extra midfielders at home, and like they they got uh was it Mahmoud Dahoud? I think his first name is maybe Mahmoud, but I probably fucking that up. It's Dahoud. And then um shit, who was the other guy? He was Brighton midfield. Meet the suckers. Doing Sometimes we do it for you, <laughs> but we do it during the show. Yeah, you're not here for the the quick references. Oh, it was uh, Pascal Gross, Adam Lalana, Billy uh, Mahmoud Dahoud. Okay, I fucking nailed that. Great, yeah. good for me. Wow. They have they have some good players. Like they do. I mean, it, it's, it's, they it's brought, hard to tell what sorry. the deal is with them. Or, I mean, there was, somebody had passed around this meme, not to relate everything to Arsenal, but, you know, Arsenal have famously bought a lot of or tried to buy a lot of players from Brighton in the last couple seasons. And, you know, one of those players scored yesterday, uh, Trossard, and Ben White, I thought, also had a pretty good game. But it's interesting because so many, they've started to get that reputation of being almost like a system team where they just have such a great ecosystem going on at their club that they can plug anyone in and they'll be good. And all the players that they sell for $100 million end up being worthless. Um, and that's, I think, mostly down to Chelsea. I think it's mostly because Chelsea's buying half their players and Chelsea's worthless. So, you know, guys that everyone was throwing themselves at recently, now people are wondering, wait, like, Ken Caicedo, is he any good? No, um, he's totally good. He's just now injured. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but this is isn't about... But this like they just, no Chelsea. matter what players they seem to have, you know, they churn them out. They're selling them in a way that reminds me of Arsenal 10 years ago, where you always are getting rid of your two or three best players every off season and then still somehow being competitive, which I think is pretty insane. 
It's it's the definitely the scouting system because they have to replace players quickly. They can't afford for them to like need two years to to bet in. But uh, Deserby, who you know initially just looked like a, a desperation replacement for when they when Chelsea bought Potter out of his contract midseason, like yeah. it's definitely a better coach than Potter. Like it it feels like this guy's got an answer for everything. Is he your next manager? You think? No, because why would anyone want to come here? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think I think that it's always such an attractive thing to go to a big club that has a amazing history and big global brand. I mean, I really would put him on a short list to be the next United manager. I mean, I rate Ten Hag, but I think if if there's any shortcomings in Ten Hag's managerial game, if you will, they've really been on display lately. You know, I think like he, X's and O's, he's it's hard to beat him. But in terms of the man management and the psychology and the dressing room and just sort of keeping the human side of things humming along on a team, that has not been going great lately, huh? How much of that is his fault? How much of that is us having asshole prima donna players on a third of a million pounds a week? That doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't players, help. It doesn't help that, that they've been there. committing literal crimes and things like that. Like some of that's not his fault. There's no amount of pep talks that are going to stop you from beating people up. Man United absent eleven. So I'm showing uh, a manual visual here by holding my phone up to the camera. We have a starting eleven of injured players, and that's not even all of our injured players. Let's see. What we got. This has Anthony on the left wing, so already a stretch. Sancho in the middle. But you Mod. have players of every position yeah. Yeah. that, that no, would be getting game insane. time. The only exceptions, maybe Heaton. But, like, Molassia would be getting game time. Shaw would be getting game time. Kobe Minu looked like one of our best players in preseason as an 18-year-old. Oh. Amrabat would be starting. Uh, Ten Hag would be trying to force Mount onto the field some way if he were available, which he's not. And then Ahmad would be a great right winger while we're missing our other two right wingers, Anthony and Sancho. So, like, all right, that's you just guys a... are kind of due for turning Ted Hogg like, into one of those weird sacrificial lamb coaches where he's had a bad run, you get rid of him, but the next guy gets all of these guys coming back, plus his own little transfer budget to change some things. Plus, and this is something that you probably don't like to talk about much because it doesn't drive with the... But you do have a few fantastic players. Like, Rashford seems to really be back in form. Bruno Fernandes, I really rate. You know, even even though he got skinned alive on the one goal, I think Lissandra Martinez is very good. You know, like, you have some great building blocks there. But, yeah, I, I just think it's going to be the next manager that puts it together at this point. That's my but, feeling. But because we aren't a properly run club and we don't have a director of football with a singular vision, that means when you fire the manager who has right. brought in nine players, the next right. manager comes in and better have the same type of playing philosophy or you end up with all the weird square pegs and round holes that has been Manchester United for the last decade. Is you, why, why was Ten Hag trying to play with Ronaldo up front? Because someone else got him that had nothing to do with the way that Ten Hag wants to play. Right. And, and this also means that the next manager is probably also going to want to play things very differently and then they're going to need different players and... It's never going to fucking change until we get rid of these pieces of shit at the top, Jeff. These... I 100% agree with that. 
it's we we will never I don't think we will ever win another trophy until the Glazers are gone. Even with the Carabao Cup from last season, feels like a flash in the pan until we get yeah. rid of these bastards. I mean, if you were looking for a mirror image of United in terms of you know just a team that had the uh, exactly different setup that seems to be very successful instead of very sort of up and down the way that you guys have been, you could do you could do worse than Brighton because. I, I think that there's probably 10 people at Brighton whose names I don't know that are making this happen because it seems like you can swap out the personnel on the field. You can even swap out the personnel on the sideline and the coaches. I mean, Graham Potter is that's a name I haven't heard in some time, said Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, it just doesn't it, – it seems like it doesn't matter. Everything is flowing. I don't know. I, I am rambling now, but I think they're at a point where – the setup is so good. We can change around a lot of the individual pieces and you're not losing too much. And so is, some you, of the is guys, your point is your point we should model ourselves after Brighton? Great point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think absolutely. Stand there is there is a part where it's like, well, at, at some point can't you just can't you just put them all on a train and give them twice as much money as they're making? Why would why would the the, the Glazer stool puppets? Stool puppets? Hmm. Why would the Glazer puppets that run this company, whose whole jobs are just to give PR shields to the Glazers and hand out unpopular decisions and get business deals going, like why would any of them want to give up power that they've got for a proper football director of football that's going to come in and said, actually, we need to spend even more, or actually, we need to do all these uncomfortable things you don't want to yeah. do. And they're going to go, can't you just buy another Ronaldo? Like, the, the the way that the Glazers have run their football team is, what? can't you just throw Tom Brady on that and have him sparkle a little bit? Like, that's that's what they think of sport. So I, I don't think that as long as the Glazers are here, and I might even say as long as they are alive, <laughs> there will be wow. no success. There will be no it's success at my club. presence on Earth. Yeah, like, just their existence is is a curse. Um but but uh, since the title says United Ringer, wing, oh, United Right Wingers, say that three times. <laughs> United Right Wingers, am I right? United Right Wingers, am I right? <laughs> no, I can't do it. I got two though. So so we are down in Antony to domestic assault allegations, which since we last recorded, one of those people has withdrawn their accusations after Antony posted like screenshots to show that there were doctored conversations or money uh, exploitation conversations that that had happened. Uh, who's really to say you or I, what what's the real evidence? Will the real evidence please stand up? Uh, yeah. But it made me it's at least double back. You really hope that it's not another sort of Duke lacrosse situation where there's sort of a high profile um, false allegation because it's a crime that is so so there it's it's very it's very seldom that is falsely reported and so when it is in such a high profile way it's just so damaging but. it's almost like it gives a shield to like misogynists to be like yeah. we have to assume everyone's lying so yeah. unless you can prove it with video there's no proof like that's that it's already pretty impossible for uh domestic abuse and sexual assault survivors survivors alike to to get anywhere with with a claim like that so like i don't know it it, it it any which way this is sliced in the end uh it's devastating like either he really did these things or he did it and it hurts sort of the cause of other people who 
need to be brave enough to, to be able to to come out against yeah you know criminals I, I don't know Jeff I I, I want to talk about our right wing situation but it's say, also I like you railed your point about right wingers but but then also Sancho who apparently has been, just had the the allegations again are that he either show, shows up late to practice consistently or doesn't train hard. Uh, there was a story that uh, I think Lori Whitwell, who Jeff and I had just seen live a few weeks ago yeah. in London, Lori, I think it was Lori that was sharing this story. Uh, so I'm sorry, Lori, if you are a listener and this wasn't you, but it was that one day it was like the losers of a game in practice had to do, I think five pushups for losing whatever thing it was. And Sancho did four pushups and then felt like he was done. And 10 hogs like, you need five. You need to do five push-ups. Do five more push-ups. Mm-hmm. And Sancho was just like, "I'm not doing that." And that's why he wasn't on the bench for Arsenal. Wow. I mean, I have to say, I think you have to back the coach in these situations, though. As much as it's painful to lose him over a push-up in uh, training, like you, in the long run, it's got to be his team. Otherwise, you're not even taking a shot anymore. If if this story is true. Fuckface, you are paid a quarter of a million pounds a week. Yeah. A week? And you you can't be bothered to pursue excellence, much less do just the minimum of what everyone on the team has the same rules. Do something that a JV player would find mildly embarrassing at best. I've fucking done them. Why can't you do them? I'm a podcaster. (laughs) This exact scenario I have done, so I should be starting in the Premier League. No. I mean... But Jeff, if 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 a super a supposed superstar who demands to be on the bench at least for United versus Arsenal can't be bothered to do the minimum, like, but who who else would want that? Who else would want that on their team? Would you yeah. would you like even for free? Would you want someone's got that attitude? I mean, certainly not if he's going to maintain that attitude. But I do. He's a real ca- candidate for a rebound. I think where he goes somewhere else and basically in a wimpier him. in a wimpier league. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, he's he's an English lad, and I think that goes a long way. I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, I was, I would have loved to have him at Arsenal. I think I, I believe there was a big transfer hullabaloo between Arsenal and Man United to try to get him in, um, and you guys won that battle. But then it seems to lost the war victory because yeah, it turns out that he can only do four push-ups. Dude, Manchester United is Larry David. In what way? Manchester United shows up to try and win a match. You hear the music play, and someone is accidentally racist, or somebody uh, punches a handicapped kid, or and then he's just like, "But I didn't mean to. I just meant to make money." Honestly, all right. So you you brought this up. You brought this up. It's but it's that. Have you have you seen the general direction? No. Um, he, he was sort of asked about the season and he was trying he, the funny thing about it is he's trying to be sort of like showing some humility and talking about how there's other good teams in the league and he said something about oh you know how strong is Arsenal but you know how strong is Arsenal I'm going to say quite literally um, yesterday I saw them against Goodison Park they are exceptional and Liverpool again and mentalities continue there and then someone said Manchester United, and he just sort of cracked up laughing. Um, 
which I think is probably the same reaction as many uh, United fans themselves would have right now if asked that question. Um, you're just sort of like, okay. I mean, I'd be mad. <laughs> yeah. I'd be mad to be like the joke. We're we're the new Spurs, but like Spurs is good. So Spurs do seem to be good this year, which I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I was looking at the table yesterday and I was in that mood. We had just secured the three points and we've, you know, done relatively well at the beginning of the season. So I was like, oh, let's see where we are. It must be two or and then we're sort of actually right on the fringes. And, you know, there's a bunch of teams that have had results early on. It looks like Liverpool's back. looks like Spurs might be back. Brighton seem to be playing at a Champions League level. If not, you know, they're in the Europa this year. It's kind of scary to think about how competitive the top four is going to be this year. Well, I hope that the Europa League slows them down because if, if, if they have to play in Europe, maybe that would test their depth. Brighton? Why are we just talking about fucking Brighton all day, Jeff? This is you. You've done this. Yeah. They are really good, though. I, I There's some part of me that just really salutes them as a team for, you know, doing it on a shoestring, on a negative budget, essentially. Can I can I offer you an off-ramp to talk about your own team? <laughs> sure. I'd love to talk about myself and my team. No, um... Yeah, it was a good it was a good game. This we had not won at Goodison Park since Arsene Wenger was the manager. Um, that was a stat that was going around quite How a bit. How long ago was that? Seven was years? Twenty seventeen, I want to say so. Six years, I guess. Um, and yeah, we've just even and it's funny because in that time period, that is perhaps six of the worst years in the history of Everton, and we just can't seem to get it done at Goodison Park. <sighs> we've had even some pretty key games. I mean, like two seasons ago when we were sort of fighting to get into the top four and it was the ascension of Arteta and we had a key game at Everton and it didn't go the way that we wanted it to. Um, you know, every point mattered so dearly last year. So to not take all three when Everton were relegation candidates and we were fighting to, you know, try to win the league quote unquote, that was a toughie. Um, but yeah, here we are. We got the one, we got the point that we needed. Uh, we got the goal that we needed to get the three points that we needed, rather. So, how are you feeling uh, right now? Give us like a Jeff emotional barometer. Ooh. Emotional barometer. I have overall. I think the team has played really well. They're still so fun to watch. There is a little bit of you know, like that feeling where the hair on your arm is almost vertical before a storm. Where, you know, apparently Saka has had Achilles issues and Gabrielle has come off with injuries and Martinelli had an injury. And you, you just worry that, I mean, this is a team that's just starting to gel. Um, so, yeah, is there any is there any amount of, you know, everyone seems to have played double time in the last couple seasons um, because we've had maybe not the same depth as a man city or something like that. And so there's a little part of me that worries that like, we could maybe regress this season, even, you know, if, and when someone's hammy goes and if, and when we have a bunch of players sitting on the sidelines, on the other hand, we're much better prepared for that than we were last season where, you know, even losing one or two key players at key points in the season, um, really sort of, that was our Achilles heel. Um, 
But it sounds like your default like baseline is you're worried about how things are going to impact a title challenge, which I'd say not right. a bad place to be where you're like, if things go great, the we can best win the title. case scenario, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I do. It's, it's a strange one because basically since I've been an Arsenal supporter, I have never felt this entitled and, you know, I've never felt like this sort of confident and big headed about how well the team is playing. Um, so hopefully they will uh, back me up on that. Do you, I mean, do you think that these are going to be like the golden years or I'm trying to like almost hype you up so far that if it's not the case that you'll come crash back down to earth with me. And I do, I do kind of consider this a little bit of like a, a golden generation, which, and there's a certain expectation and, anxiety that i think comes with that you know i think spurs had a similar situation recently where it seemed like the stars had aligned and you know in a very homegrown way they had sort of world-class talent all of a sudden like like a cane and then they'd you know done some really good work in the market and suddenly they had what looked to be a pretty competitive team and then i think for them it'll be a bittersweet memory looking back on that team because they didn't manage to win anything with it and I do wonder, you know, with the competitiveness that there is now in the Premier League, we could be a very good team for a while and not win the Champions League nor the Premier League. And then eventually sort of have those players age out and injure out and have to be sold to maximize their value. And suddenly, you know, Sacco's 26 and Martinelli's 27 and all that. And so it is... There's a, you know, it's scary to be in that narrow window where a team could win things. And I think we're there and, but we're not, we're certainly not in the money yet. I, I, I think it's, it's probably emotionally healthy, Jeff, to just look at it as like, I'm going to enjoy this while it lasts. Instead, yeah, totally. Like, but I, I get so worried about longevity and like the future and like, I mean, the, the Yankees were good a couple of years ago for like a minute. Now they now they are last place in the AL East. Uh, for for our listeners who don't care about baseball, what this means is like it's I, I'm really learning like a lesson in hubris with like United, and I'm wondering if you've already learned it by virtue of having been through that long stretch of like rough Arsenal <laughs> yeah. years. Uh, whereas I yeah I went through the bratty decade and then had this really shitty last decade where things have been mediocre at best. Um, and, and I think it's, it's healthy for you to like live it, live in the, in the moment is something I just, I sound like an Instagram story, but like live, laugh, love. Yeah. You have, <laughs> uh, was it dribble pass shoot is like the, the live, <laughs> laugh, love of football Drip, draft draft drug. I, I think, I think that it's as much as I want you to, be sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I guess it's 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 good for you that you can just sort of appreciate it as this is the Ar- the Arteta years, whatever they're going to end up looking like. Uh, it could be great. It could yeah. be additions to the trophy cabinet, or it could just be a time where it was really entertaining to watch your team play. There is something to that where, like, as my, I, some of some of the talk about trophies is such a like media driven narrative where it's like really what people want is something week to week that thrills them and that makes them, you know, feel a certain way. And Steam is definitely delivered on that. Um, even if, you know, we just had the sort of 
past couple seasons and then things started to wane again. That's more than a lot of teams ever get. So I don't know. Got to count your blessings, I guess. Or at least your X blessings, which is how much blessings you're expected to generate. X play XB. Your XB. Bruno <laughs> leads the league in XB. <laughs> oh man, we definitely we were up there in XB last year. It really there were moments where it felt faded, and then when we didn't, you realize like, oh, actually, uh, fate isn't real. It's just who's good and who's bad, and eventually, you know, the rule of large numbers comes around. Um. Speaking no. speaking of who's good and who's bad, Jeff, for the rest of the season, who do you think is going to be good? Who do you think is going to be bad? What what is your your like top four looking like? I mean, it's yeah. five games in the season, which is super crazy to evaluate off of. But That's let's tough. do it. <laughs> I think City win the league again. I think second and third is a dogfight between Liverpool and Arsenal. I think fourth is a dogfight between Tottenham and Brighton. And then after that, it who knows? I uh, Do you think that United will make the top 10? <laughs> I do. I think I think that like the next sort of spots if you were like I've sort of accidentally done this in a way that is more coherent than I expected, but like if you're talking about a bunch of teams that are sort of paired off with each other fighting for certain spots on the table. I'd say the next sort of rung is like you Chelsea Newcastle, where it was like teams that either should be good just from the sheer amount of money they've spent or were showing signs last year or somewhere on the spectrum of that between those three teams. And yeah, I, th- I think I, I guess for those final Europa places place, um, it'll be those guys fighting it. I don't know. Does that sound right to you? I mean, it pained me to agree with you, uh, but very rational takes. The one that I'm like kind of surprised by early on is uh, West Ham. <laughs> yeah, at three one and one, that's like is that not better than any five game stretch they had all last season? Which is weird because I mean their fans were on suicide watch because they'd sold Rice and they were trying to buy Maguire, which is very odd to me. I mean they were coming back around to him, but also that he wasn't sold because it seemed like a great deal for all parties involved. Um, but understandably, if that's your big signing, then you might be worried if you're a team that you know they were playing in Europe last year. They won a big trophy in Europe, so they uh, are still playing in Europe, right? Uh, Aren't they? They're in the proper Europa League because they won the Conference League, right? Correct. That'd be amazing if they just won their way up. Like if they won the <laughs> they won the Europa League this year, and then they get into the Champions League while they're playing, and they're also in the Championship next year. Yeah, it'd be co- that would be great to get relegated and win a major European trophy. Uh, yeah, Disney movie would be incoming for sure after that. <laughs> that was, um, like. You would see every single person in East London would have like the the West Ham jersey with a star above the badge. Is that? Oh yeah, that is what the stars mean. Is the is that they made one? It's only Champions League. It's not like well, because I I guess Forest didn't win the Champions League proper, but they won whatever like the biggest European was at the time, and they have two stars. So it's a star if you win the Champions League, and it's uh, Elon Musk Starlink logo if you win the Europa League. That's the Ukrainian league. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Damn you, Elon <laughs> Musk. 
Um, Jeff, I wanted to tell you, uh, played played yesterday for Nostalgia FC, my my local club. Hmm. And I wanted to tell you how it went. Uh, I was yeah. just the right amount of stoned for this. Perfect. Where, like, I wasn't... Not only was I not overthinking, I just wasn't thinking. And for whatever reason, I'm way better when I don't think. Oh, that's good. Um, my whole team played insanely well. Uh, I, I talk about myself because I'm normally fucking crap. Uh, and they're, they're normally <laughs> dragging my corpse around. But in this case... Uh, everybody played really well. We beat our big rivals five to one. Ooh! Uh, one of the, one of my favorite things that happened was a ball was going out for seemingly a goal kick near the corner flag, and the defender stopped chasing it down. But I chased it down basically right to the corner flag, and was able to take two big dribbles in before anyone even noticed that the ball was still in play. Oh wow! And so I got a shot off, which was saved, but then somebody else poked it home for, for oh, like a, a found goal, which when you're, yeah, when you're watching, when you're watching United, uh, you want to see someone run, right? You want <laughs> in your life. <laughs> but they will only do things that have the exertion of four pushups or less. Four pushups or less is our, is our maximum at, at Manchester United. But uh, so we it won. It would be very bad to have sex with. Because, I mean, one push-up's worth of sex is like, that's nothing effort-wise. And then once you get up to four, it's like, I'm just getting interested. And then they're done. I, I, for a second, I was just like, is Jeff have sex weird? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's like, yeah. it must be this difficult. <laughs> I was doing a push-up gesture. It sounded weird just with the, the voice. But yeah, he was, so. He was making a very lewd sexual... Uh, <laughs> audio <laughs> um all right do you want to have ha, let's have this out let's have a full conversation that our listeners are apprised to mm-hmm. what do we want to do if 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 uh we're thinking about the future of brighton fc just favorite club uh <laughs> it's easy to see what the plan is it's easy to see what their structure is and the way that they play what is the future of meet the soccer's Let's forget even how we get there. Let's have just like a visual. Let's visualize where we want to be in, let's say, three seasons. Three seasons. Like, if we were going to sign contracts, we'd probably be doing three-year deals. Three-year deals. At this point, yeah, they'd probably have us on like a one-to-one-to-one. We'd be like in Rio territory right now. And and no payment is involved in that contract. <laughs> well, but that, like, yeah, that's accurate. What do you want, Jeff? You, you, what do you want Meet the Soccers to be? That's a great question. I think on some level, I don't think that we're going to out-football podcast the amount of football podcasts that are out there. So this will never be the place that you're coming to for like Fabrizio Romano-esque scoops. This is not going to be the place that you come to for tactics. It's not even going to be the place you come to for like the latest transfer gossip and sort of locker room banter and gossipy stories and sort of all the, so like, you know, the big ecosystem of like football podcasts, I don't even think that's us. I think what it becomes is like, if you just like a certain weird sense of humor that we have, and maybe if you like to see the menagerie of strange guests, not strange, strange is the wrong word. Sorry, guests, but the menagerie (laughs) of unique unique guests that we, we bring in and, uh, 
so I don't know. I think I think maybe that maybe a bigger emphasis on the guests would be a nice thing, um, or just jumping off into uh, into life and we'll, but through the through the lens of football. I don't know. What do you think? I th- I think you raise a great point. I think your proximity not only to the heart of football and the motherland of London, but also. The fact that Jeff, as you know, if you've been listening, is an active comedian who performs frequently. Jeff is exposed to lots of local comedians in London, some of whom happen to like football. And I think uh, one time we did have uh, our friend Kieran uh, on the podcast, and he talked about uh, Spurs, which was hilarious by itself. But Kieran, also a funny person. I think think that it's, it's the best when we're able to bring in people that can display their fandom and share their stories in a way that is funny. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I would say, yeah. yeah. I, th- I, I would say if you are a comedian or if you know comedians where football is actually an important part of their life in one way or the other, soccer, whatever you want to call it, depending on where they're from. Um, yeah. Let us know because I would like to sort of build out the season's worth of guests um, who are going to talk to just sort of, I don't know all the interesting chats we're going to get into that way, and so that's definitely something that the uh, everyone can participate in. Who would be your dream guest? You dream can have guests. any guest, anybody, even the king. You could call the king if you wanted to, and he'd be like, "All right." I don't know how he sounds, um, but <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's a Cockney bloke. Um, <laughs> Oi! I, I would want it to be Queen Elizabeth back from the dead, and she'd be like, "Oi, wanka!" And then um, she would admit that she actually was a lifelong Arsenal fan, but she didn't want to say it because she wanted to focus on union within the unit, the United Kingdom. Um, for real, though, I would say Alan Davies would be like, you know, like dream, dream guest, where it's like someone who clearly football is like a very, very big deal in their life, but also, um, yeah, there's fun people to talk to in general so so he's a he's a comedian football is a big part of his life and he supports no team in general jeff you have no bias in no no he's a massive arsenal supporter of course but i mean i think that i mean you know like if we were really rolling like the dream machine then it would be there's other sort of celebrity arsenal supporters that i'd love to talk to like a idris elba um you know Pretty much every rapper, it seems, sports Arsenal, maybe because of the guns. I don't know. Do you think Idris Elba would hijack the podcast if we invited him on as a guest? Hopefully. I mean, he's better than <laughs> <Hopefully>. us. <laughs> as we would just change it to, to, to meet the Elbas, and then, like, <laughs> we would just let him sort of do what he wanted to, and we would sit here and let's call the pawn. <laughs> Welcome back to Elba Toast. Uh... Par- pardon me, Elba Toast. That's fucked hmm. Uh, part of me would say Julia Roberts, just because oh. very in the news United fan. But I is she? Don't... I didn't know that. Yeah, because Pep is in love with her and she supports United, uh, and that bothers him to the point where he keeps bringing it up in interviews. Oh no! Um, but just because I know she's a fan, I don't know how frequently she watches. You know what I mean? Like to your point, Alan Davies yeah. is watching every Arsenal match. Like you could talk to him about the minutia of it. You know, there's things that we haven't even gotten into that he would like have a strong opinion on. Yeah. Right. And strong Whereas, opinions are what we <laughs> I do wonder that though, like if you had someone who is like 
sort of, I don't know, they're into it, but they're a casual fan. Kind of the way that I'm a fan of other sports that are not soccer is like, I still think we could have some interesting conversations that way. Oh, too. by the way, it would be different, you know. Future Meet the Soccers. I didn't know how to bring this up with you, Jeff, but hmm. uh, I'm banning you from watching other sports. It's just there's not enough time. <laughs> uh, I really need you focused on footy. Uh, yeah. So well, I'm sorry. Uh, good luck enforcing your ban. <laughs> Ooh, you don't think I can issue a ban if you don't follow my ban? <laughs> <laughs> just racking up the fines on this show. You were going to be sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow card, Sinbin. Yeah, this this strong letter that I... Mrs. Vitkin is going to be on. Like, leave, leave my Jeffrey alone. <laughs> yeah. It's unfair. The expectations. After all he's done. What else do you want to talk about? I'm sorry. We kind of flew through our running order in a way that's historically fast. That was pretty fast. If I was going to go for one random bonus topic from the Arsenal side of the aisle... I would say, uh, what do you make of the the goalkeeper switcheroo? Ramsdale uh, did not start. Riot did. Um, he's when he was brought in, a lot of people seem to think that he may unseat Ramsdale pretty quickly. Um, to be fair, no one saw Ramsdale winning the last challenge that he had when he came in, and we had Bernd Leno. Um, so I was a bit surprised to see it on that on Sunday. I would bet with this whole situation that who's playing and when has been communicated in advance. Yeah. As long as long as David Raya's training well, I'm sure Ramsdale was told like, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna break up some of the matches. You know, yeah. Europe and cups and otherwise. I mean, lots of teams have a second keeper that they try sure. to get games to. But like, what is Ramsdale's other option now? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, as, as as Sancho has illustrated, hissy fits are an option. They're not usually a good option, but they are an option that is very popular within the Premier League. But if you're throwing a hissy fit on a club that's winning, which Arsenal has been a club that's sure. winning for the last year and change, um, the fans will be against you. If if the club is losing, then you get right. more of a, a of a well, maybe it is the manager's fault. What the fuck does he know? Right. But but you is is he the type of player you think would throw a hissy fit, Aaron Ramsdale? I I couldn't see it. Um, although I think if I were him, I I would certainly feel a little bit aggrieved. You know that like to me, there's there's just some amount of pageantry with the goalkeeping position where I think he should have been able to continue playing in the Premier League until Raya was playing in games and cup competitions and looking so good that they couldn't ignore it because Ramsdale has been great for us. And, you know, this is a week where we're going to play three games in the span of seven days. So, so I expected to see, yeah. I expected to see some, you know, workload shifted around, but I was surprised that to me, it sends a message where it's not just doing the standard cup keeper thing where he's saying, no, Rai is going to start in the Premier League, and you know maybe you'll get a few games in the Carabao Cup and you know in the Champions League group stages and things like that. So interesting to see. I think when you look at it statistically, Raya might very well be the better keeper, but it's it's difficult to compare because he's been he was playing on you know a team that is much different than Arsenal. Let's say I, I gotta say. 
be, just because you know that my team has been in its own keeper search over the last uh, year or so with when we got Onana out of it, but like we've been looking at the other goalkeepers in the league for a while just right. as a fan base, like United fans, and right. it was uh, Raya, it was what's-his-face that ended up going to Chelsea from Brighton, mm. Sanchez. Sounds right. Uh, and, and a few of the other sort of big names, your D- Diego Costa, Porto. Um, I feel like there's some Spanish guy I'm probably leaving out uh, as well. But like when I looked at Raya, I thought he was, yes, a ball playing keeper, but like kind of like a pretty average Premier League keeper from a stats perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you saw, he was gettable for cheap. He was not someone that anyone was asking 50, 60 million for. And then I thought Ramsdale was great last year. So, you know, your keeper making the odd mistake, I don't think you're going to keep finding, like, switching keepers until you find one that never yeah. makes mistakes. Allison makes mistakes. They all do. Yeah, Ederson makes mistakes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm confused by the perception of Raya against Ramsdale. That's, that's me. I'm not saying one is bad or, or, or one is fantastic. Uh, but I, I had thought Ramsdale had earned more of a runway with how he performed last year. Is that, am I, am I getting that wrong? Yeah, as a... yeah. no, I a hundred percent agree. Um, but at the same time, you know, Arteta had an interesting thing that he said in a press conference this week about how over the course of his managerial career, there's been two instances where just for tactical reasons, he wanted to change the goalie, but that same sort of, you know, the goalkeeping substitutions and start seem to be treated a little bit more preciously than some of the outfield positions. And he says he regrets that he didn't do it, you know, because it looks bad when you pull a goalkeeper in the first half and that, but there are times where that just has to be done where you say, actually, sorry, we're going to end up playing three at the back. I, I got this wrong. You know, they came out in a different, you know, setup than I imagined or whatever it is. And you want someone who just has a different skill set in there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe that sort of weirdly works where you can be very sort of uh, exacting and cold as long as, it really does just come down to logical things. And as long as that's being communicated to both of them, to be fair, Ram still does not seem to be crying about it. Um, and he seems to be, uh, there were lots of sort of photos and videos going around of him and Raya um, training together and laughing and joking and seeming to be great teammates. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe it- it's a good thing that we have two great goalkeepers that seem to be able to handle this maturely. Isn't the nature of, like, players competing with each other and being friends, like, just so weird when you think about it? Like, it's your whole career. It's your whole livelihood. It's your whole yeah. ego and, like, how you'll be remembered. And, and you know, what kind of footballer were you? Were yeah. you a champion and also ran? Were you a star? Were you, like, Back someone up. who just got subbed on? Yeah, like, so if I'm Ramsdale, That's though, I'm probably... The amount of your life that you could make millions or not in based on these opportunities and then... It's it, it would be pretty difficult to be mature about it. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be it would be difficult to be mature about it. But then, how do you be friends with that person who's like trying to take your job, whether whether they want to say it in those words or not? They're trying to literally steal your lunch. So, yeah. like, I'm I'm interested in in how that and it's much more works. acute with a goalkeeper. Where I mean, theoretically, the same thing could be said of two left wings, except 
most of them, there might be some other situation where they both end up playing, maybe just because there's more substitutions or maybe there's a guy that goes in or, you know, also plays up front or also plays as a number 10 or something. And there are, you can imagine scenarios where all of the players on the team end up playing together and it's sort of strength in numbers, but we're usually only starting one goalkeeper. That's our usually. tactical setup. That's pretty much the way we do things. Radical Arsenal with their <laughs> yeah. one goalie that starts. <laughs> um, you want to talk about any uh, like life stuff? I mean, do people care? <laughs> do yeah. people care? I'm trying to kill eight more minutes for you, ungrateful pay pigs. <laughs> um, I I would love to hear you talk about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything to. So, in. so Jeff, post post visiting you in London, I've honestly been so depressed. It's like really? it was such a great trip, and it was something I looked forward to for like half a year. And for you, I'm sure, a similar amount of time. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I, was, I was pumped, and then it is it is like a depleting thing. But I guess the one thing that is sort of I don't know. I for me, I'm a creature of habit so whenever i get to get back into my routine there's always like a little bit of cold comfort in that but yes yeah, definitely uh not a not as fun it's not and, and especially when there's like literally nothing left for you to live for <laughs> your team <laughs> sucks your team sucks work stuff yeah um you don't have a trip to london dangling in front of you on the calendar like what is left other than to look forward to the 2024 election which will be super chill yeah, that should be fine. I mean, just honestly, just try to enjoy these last few years before the Civil War, dude. <laughs> can, to, you, yeah. can you get your wife to start filling out the paperwork for me to be a, a refugee? <laughs> because <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> One day you will wash upon these shores, you tired, hungry mass. Um, I think I think I'm good if you're good. Are we, That's let, good. All right. Uh, good night, soccer fans. Good night, soccer. Meet the suckers, meet the suckers, a sucker podcast that probably won't last. Meet the suckers, meet the suckers, Skyler and Jeff don't know how to, Ryan, 